Chapter Six of Tom Swift and His Sky Racer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tom Swift and His Sky Racer by Victor Appleton. Chapter Six. Andy Foger will contest. One afternoon, as Tom was working away in the shop on his sky racer, adjusting one of the rear rudders, and pausing now and then to admire the trim little craft, he heard someone approaching. Looking out through a small observation peephole made for this purpose, he saw Mrs. Baggert hurrying toward the building. I wonder what's the matter, he said aloud, for there was a look of worriment on the lady's face. Tom threw open the door. What is it, Mrs. Baggert? he called. Someone up at the house who wants to see me? No, it's your father, panted the housekeeper, for she was quite stout. He is very ill again, and I can't seem to get Dr. Gladby on the telephone. Central says he doesn't answer. My father worse, cried Tom in alarm, dropping his tools and hurrying from the shop. Where's Eradicate? Send him for the doctor. Perhaps the wires are broken. If he can't locate Dr. Gladby, get Dr. Kurtz. We must have someone. Here, Rad. Where are you? he called, raising his voice. Here I be, answered the colored man coming from the direction of the garden which he had been weeding get out your mule and go for dr gladby if he isn't home get dr kurtz hurry rad i's mighty sorry massa tom answered the colored man but i can't hurry nohow why not because boomerang done gone lame and he won't run I'll go myself, but I can't take dat air mule. Never mind. I'll go in the butterfly, decided Tom quickly. I'll run up to the house and see how dad is, and while I'm gone, Rad, you get out the butterfly. I can make the trip in that. If Dr. Kurtz had a phone I could get him, but he lives over on the back road, where there isn't a line. Hurry, Rad. Yes, sir, Massa Tom, I'll hurry. The colored man knew how to get the monoplane in shape for a flight, as he had often done it. Tom found his father in no immediate danger, but Mr. Swift had had a slight recurrence of his heart trouble, and it was thought best to have a doctor. So Tom started off in his aircraft, rising swiftly above the housetop, and sailed off toward the old-fashioned residence of Dr. Kurtz, a sturdy, elderly German physician, who sometimes attended Mr. Swift. Tom decided that as long as Dr. Gladby did not answer his phone, he could not be at home, and this, he learned later, was the case, the physician being in a distant town on a consultation. My! This butterfly seems big and clumsy beside my hummingbird, mused Tom as he slid along through the air, 
now flying high and now low, merely for practice. This machine can go, but wait till I have my new one in the air. Then I'll show em what speed is. He was soon at the physician's house, and found him in. Won't you ride back with me in the monoplane? asked Tom. I'm anxious to have you see Dad as soon as you can. What? Me drust myself in one of dem airships? I dinks not, exclaimed Dr. Kurtz ponderously. Why, I would not effin ride in an automobile, yet, so why should I go in von contrivance vat is effin more dangerous? No, I gomes to your father in der carriage, mit mine old dobbin horse. Dot will not drop me to der ground, or run me up a tree, yet. What? Very well, said Tom, only hurry, please. The young inventor, in his airship, reached home some time before the slow-going doctor got there in his carriage. Mr. Swift was no worse, Tom was glad to find, though he was evidently quite ill. So, we must take good care of him, said the doctor, when he had examined the patient. Dr. Gladby, he has done much for him, and I can do little more. You must take care of yourself, Herr Swift, or you will. But then, what is their use of being gloomy-minded? I'm sure you will go more easy, and not work so much. I haven't worked much, replied the aged inventor. I have only been helping my son on the new airship. Then dot must stop insisted the doctor. You must have complete rest. Dot's it. Complete rest. We'll do just as you say, doctor, said Tom. We'll give up the aeroplane matters, dad, and go away, you and I, where we can't see a blueprint or a pattern, or hear the sound of machinery. We'll cut it all out. Dot would be good said dr kurtz ponderously no i couldn't think of it answered mr swift i want you to go in that race tom and win but i'll not do it dad if you're going to be ill he is ill now interrupted the doctor very ill dom swift that settles it i don't go in the race you and I'll go away, Dad, to California, or up in Canada. We'll travel for your health. No, no, insisted the old inventor gently. I will be all right. Most of the work on the monoplane is done now, isn't it, Tom? Yes, Dad. Then you go on, and finish it. You and Mr. Jackson can do it without me now. I'll take a rest, doctor, but I want my son to enter that race, and, what's more, I want him to win. Well, if you don't work, dot is all I ask. I must forbid you to do any more. Mit Dom, dot is different. He is young und strong, und he can work. But you, not, Herr Swift, or I doctor you no more and the physician shook his big head. Very well. 
i'll agree to that if tom will promise to enter the race said the inventor i will said tom the physician took his leave shortly after that the medicine he gave to mr swift somewhat relieving him then the young inventor who felt in a little better spirits went back to his workshop poor dad he mused he thinks more of me and this aeroplane than he does of himself well i will go in the race and i'll yes i'll win and tom looked very determined he was about to resume work on his craft when something about the way one of the forward planes was tilted attracted his attention i never left it that way mused tom someone has been in here i wonder if it was mr jackson tom stepped to the door and called for a radicate the colored man came from the direction of the garden which he was still weeding has mr jackson been around rad asked the lad no sir i ain't seed him have you been in here looking at the hummingbird no massa tom i never goes in dere lessen as how yo is dere dem's your orders that's so rad i might have known you wouldn't go in but did you see any one enter the shop not a pusson sir have you been here all the while all but jes a few minutes when i went to de barn to put some liniment on boomerang's so foot hmm someone might have slipped in here while i was away mused tom i ought to have locked the doors but i was in a hurry this thing is getting on my nerves i wonder if it's andy foger or someone else who is after my secret he made a hasty examination of the shop but could discover nothing more wrong except that one of the planes of the hummingbird had been shifted it looks as if they were trying to see how it was fastened on and how it worked mused tom but my plans haven't been touched and no damage has been done only i don't like to think that people have been in here they may have stolen some of my ideas i must keep this place locked night and day after this tom spent a busy week in making improvements on his craft mr swift was doing well and after a consultation by dr kurtz and dr gladby it was decided to adopt a new style of treatment in the meanwhile mr swift kept his promise and did no work he sat in his easy chair out in the garden and dozed away while tom visited him frequently to see if he needed anything poor old dad mused the young inventor i hope he is well enough to come and see me try for the ten thousand dollar prize and win it i hope i do but if someone builds from my stolen plans a machine on this model i'll have my work cut out for me and he gazed with pride on the hummingbird for the past two weeks tom had seen nothing of andy foger the red-haired bully seemed to have dropped out of sight and even his cronies sam snedeker and pete bailey did not know where he had gone i hope he has gone for good said ned newton 
who lived near Andy. He's an infernal nuisance. I wish he'd never come back to Shopton. But Andy was destined to come back. One day, when Tom was busy installing a wireless apparatus on his new aeroplane, he heard Eradicate hurrying up the path that led to the shop. I wonder if Dad is worse, thought Tom, that always being his first idea when he knew a summons was coming for him. Quickly he opened the door. Someone's coming out to see you, Massa Tom, said the colored man. Who is it? asked the lad, taking the precaution to put his precious plans out of sight. I don't know, sir, but your father knows him, and he said for me to come out here, ahead of de gentleman, and tell you he were comin. He'll be right here. Oh, well, if dad knows him, it's all right. Let him come, Rad. Yes, sir. Here he comes. And the colored man pointed to a figure advancing down the gravel path. Tom watched the stranger curiously. There was something familiar about him, and Tom was sure he had met him before, yet he could not seem to place him. How are you, Tom Swift? greeted the newcomer pleasantly. I guess you've forgotten me, haven't you? He held out his hand, which Tom took. Don't know me, do you? he went on. Well, I'm afraid I've forgotten your name, admitted the lad, just a bit embarrassed. But your face is familiar, somehow, and yet it isn't. I've shaved off my mustache, went on the other. That makes a difference. But you haven't forgotten John Sharp, the balloonist, whom you rescued from Lake Carlopa, and who helped you build the Red Cloud? You haven't forgotten John Sharp, have you? tom well i should say not cried the lad heartily i'm real glad to see you what are you doing around here come in i've got something to show you and he motioned to the shop where the hummingbird was housed oh i know what it is said the veteran balloonist you do yes it's your new aeroplane in fact, I came to see you about it. To see me about it? Yes, I'm one of the committee of arrangements for the meet to be held at Eagle Park, where I understand you are going to contest. I came to see how near you were ready, and to get you to make a formal entry of your machine. Mr. Gunmore sent me. Oh, so you're in with them now, eh? asked Tom. Well, I'm glad to know I've got a friend on the committee. Yes, my machine is getting along very well. I'll soon be ready for a trial flight. Come in and look at it. I think it's a bird. A regular hummingbird. And Tom laughed. It certainly is something new, admitted Mr. Sharp as his eyes took in the details of the trim little craft. By the way, shopton is going to be well represented at the meet how is that i thought i was the only one around here to enter an aeroplane no we have just received an entry from andy foger 
from andy foger gasped tom is he going to try to win some of the prizes he's entered for the big one the ten thousand dollar prize replied the balloonist he has made formal application to be allowed to compete and we have to accept anyone who applies why do you object to him tom object to him mr sharp let me tell you something some time ago a set of plans of my machine here were stolen from my house i suspected andy foger of taking them but i could get no proof now you say he is building a machine to compete for the big prize do you happen to know what style it is it's a small monoplane something like the antoinette his application states though he may change it later then he's stolen my ideas and is making a craft like this exclaimed tom as he sank upon a bench and gazed from the balloonist to the hummingbird and back to mr sharp again andy foger is trying to beat me with my own machine End of chapter six